Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, joined by Marcus Parks. Hello, Ben. How you doing, Marcus? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, you you look uh, stable. <laughs> I'm going to say stable. That is the best I can ask for. That's perfect. I like that shirt. You got a leather face on there. Thank you very much, Carolina. got this for me for a birthday present. Shout outs to Pickle Girlfriend. Check out Movie <laughs> Signs with the Mads. Uh, so we've had uh, quite a week, huh? Yeah, and it's ended with a bang. It's ended with a bang. Steve Bannon is out of the White House, um, but you know... His uh, philosophy still exists in the White House as long as Donald Trump occupies the office. Uh, nonetheless, we got to go all the way back here. Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, a Unite the Right rally put on by a fellow named Jason Kessler. Another white supremacist named Chris Cantwell also had a prominent role uh, in the Unite the Right rally, which led to the death of Heather Heyer, an innocent woman who was murdered by a domestic terrorist, James Fields, as she was trying to... Um, uh, exercise her First Amendment right to peacefully protest. We had three deaths in Charlottesville, Virginia, two police officers and Heather Heyer. Uh, they had the funeral services throughout the week for Ms. Heyer. Um, her mother, her parents are completely livid with Donald Trump's horrific response to the events in Charlottesville, Virginia, saying, quote, there are some good folks on both sides and equivocating neo-Nazis, white nationalists, and the alt-right to people who were peacefully protesting in Charlottesville, Virginia, in order to maintain a peaceful community that uh, Charlottesville, Virginia is no doubt is. Yeah, it's a very small town. It's a small town, a uh, diverse town full of great people, uh, this Unite the Right rally came through and uh, under the guise of protesting the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue, which the city council voted to remove. They went through the proper democratic steps in order to get this Robert E. Lee statue removed. Uh, the Unite the Right rally used this statue as a bug light for bigotry coming from all around the country, invading this small town, chanting, Jews will not replace us, we will not be replaced, blood and soil, Horrible neo-Nazi rhetoric. Donald Trump had the easiest opportunity of all time to appear presidential. This should. This is a. This is a softball pitch to Bobby Bonilla <laughs> to steal uh, the only reference that Henry Zabrowski uses regarding an athlete. This is a softball pitch to a professional baseball player, and Donald mm. Trump chose 
to bunt as opposed to hit it out of the park. How difficult is it, Marcus, for a president of the United States to denounce neo-Nazis and white nationalists? Well, I mean, I think you're uh, confused a little bit there with your metaphors. This is not a professional baseball player that That's we're dealing point. with here. Yeah. That's a good point. We're dealing with an amateur. It's a softball pitch to an amateur, <laughs> and he fucking whipped it you as whipped hard it. as he could, and then he hit the umpire in the face with the baseball bat. Yeah, he went absolutely uh, insane. So let's just go through the week. We're going to talk about Bannon. He is now out of the uh, out of the White House. I want to talk a little bit about what happened. Uh, with North Korea as well. North Korea has, um, you know, sort of uh, figuratively blinked to some degree regarding their rhetoric in attacking Guam, of course, a Western territory. Uh, also, the infrastructure speech that Donald Trump was supposed to be giving on Tuesday before he went completely off the rails uh, and had an impromptu press conference in the worst possible way. If you get a chance to go and watch the press conference on Tuesday, we'll go back to Saturday here in a second, but if you get a chance to watch the press conference on on Tuesday, General John Kelly, his chief of staff, was miserable. Yeah. He looked like somebody who had uh, woken up midway through surgery and the <laughs> anesthesia had worn off. The grimace on his face looked like he was trying to pass a kidney stone. I mean, he was visibly upset, shaken, livid. Uh, Cohn, the man that is in charge of uh, Donald Trump's sort of economic plans, he wants to leave uh, the administration. Uh, I mean, of course, Donald Trump siding with neo-Nazis and white nationalists. It's been an emotional week, specifically uh, from what I've seen at Fox News. A lot of my friends, uh, specifically commentators of color, uh, devastated. Yeah. Because this is, without a doubt, evidence. We can no longer skirt around the issue of dog whistle rhetoric, of uh, dog whistle racial uh, politics coming out of the White House. He literally sympathized with neo-Nazis and white nationalists, and there is no getting around it. Absolutely not. He got a round of applause from David Duke. And I've seen this yeah. meme going around where people are pointing out all the way, like all the times that uh, Donald Trump uh, stood up against racism, and every single one of them is bullshit because right. it doesn't matter what you say; it matters what you do. Uh, and he, it took him days to denounce David Duke back during his uh, run, back during his run for the election. Uh, it. He still has not denounced David Duke at this point. Uh, let's not forget his full-page ad in the New York Times during the Central Park Five trial. That's something that gets swept under the rug a lot. Uh, Donald Trump has shown his true colors. And as far as General Kelly goes, I mean, this guy was brought in, and I think he was brought in thinking that this whole thing was a problem with the staff. that They just mm. weren't being managed well because be. that's what Kelly's entire deal is that he's brought in to quell chaos he's brought in he's to, a general he's a That's general <laughs> literally what they do it's literally what they do and he's getting in and he's realizing what the true problem is and the true problem is there's a 70 year old child mm-hmm. um dude that is vindictive that is narcissistic and that is above all racist yeah and refusing to take any advice refusing to take any sort of um, you know, he spits the bit out, as they say, regarding uh, that's a horse analogy. Um, it is uh, it, it's a fascinating week in America. I do think something has changed. I feel like something has changed. It's going to be difficult for Donald Trump to get out of this. You don't walk back words that were given at the press conference on Tuesday. Uh, but let's go back to Saturday. Donald Trump had a chance to make his initial response. This was before, again, domestic chair, uh, terrorist James Field mowed down uh, Heather Heyer, injuring 19 others. The speech that he gave 
previous was was before that happened. That was Saturday. Mm-hmm. This is where he did not come out and openly denounce neo Nazis. Very easy thing for a president to do. You would think this would be a political home run. Uh, he again equivocated. Uh, you know, violence on both sides. We have Monday come around. Uh, Monday he prepared. Uh, well, he was uh, a speech was prepared for him. Uh, it was basically like pulling teeth to get a sitting president of the United States to denounce racism. He gave the speech, no passion whatsoever, just kind of stumbled through it. And okay, we're done now. We have everything that had to be said, was said, it's on paper. Let's move on. Tuesday, he has a big press conference for infrastructure. The irony is his infrastructure plan, I don't even disagree with. Uh, Get rid of a lot of the red tape. Uh, Let's get some buildings up in this country. Let's get our bridges back, our potholes filled. Uh, he was out there with Miss Chow, again, Cone, General John Kelly was there. And he stepped on his own good news because he is such an unbelievable, as you said, Marcus, man child who cannot handle criticism. Uh, when he was face to face with media critics, the people he likes to demonize the most, more than neo Nazis and white nationalists, he criticizes Mika Brzezinski, uh, Kathy Griffin, Rosie O'Donnell, you name it, he will call them out by name on Twitter, Mitch McConnell, except for neo Nazis and white nationalists. That was where he draws draws the line. That's where he wants to be fair and balanced. Oh, don't forget about Kristen Stewart. How Kristen dare Stewart, how dare that, she break Robert Pattinson's heart? Oh like my that. god. He spent days, days chastising Kristen Stewart. Now this was two 2012. This was 2012, but he felt stronger about Kristen Stewart yep. breaking Robert Pattinson's heart than he does about white nationalists and murdering Nazis. someone. There's evidence for all of this. Yep. There's absolute evidence. You can see it. Well, of course, Donald Trump made his political name uh, becoming a birther. He he normalized the birther rhetoric regarding uh, Barack Obama. Obviously, this was he wasn't born here. He was born in Kenya. It's a lie. It's not true. Uh, Barack Obama did end up showing his birth certificate and Donald Trump was called it a big victory and all that kind of stuff. That was the cornerstone of Donald Trump 2.0 in American politics. Because uh, if you do go back and listen to some of the interviews he had regarding Pat Buchanan, regarding uh, David Duke, he did denounce white nationalism when it's in his own best interest to do so. Pat Buchanan, for example, was running uh, for office. He wanted to, de- to derail him. Uh, the The documentary Get Me Roger Stone goes into this. He calls P- Pat Buchanan a Hitler lover, these sorts of things. When it was politically beneficial for Donald Trump to go against the alt-right and when, to go against white supremacist and to go to go against neo-nazis he was able to uh to utter the words nazis are bad and of course now the uh white nationalists and the people that at the very least agree with them and by the way if you agree with a white nationalist then you are a white nationalist if you agree with nazis then you are a nazi those people uh, whether you believe that or not whether you think you are or not if you are in their camp if you are hanging out with them then you are one of them well and those people are the only ones that still support donald trump unfortunately there are a a lot more of those out there than we like to believe there are. You know, even the Southern Poverty Law Center estimates the white nationalists uh, in this country is only the, around the number 2,000. Those are proud white so nationalists. So those are people who are out. That's true. Those, those are people Th- who that's identify. Th- that's yeah. their thing that they do. Right. Most white nationalists or neo-Nazis or people of all fringe groups uh, that aren't accepted in mainstream society, they can't really go to Chase Bank to work 
you know, and just espouse their views. That is true. You do have to kind of do those things uh, in the silence of your own home, but in the unbelievably loud echo chamber of the Internet, which is what we're seeing now. The Internet, that troll culture, play itself out in real life, manifest itself in reality, which is what we saw in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, So the events on Tuesday with Donald Trump, uh, irreparable damage to his administration, to the White House. They want to get tax reform done. I don't even have a problem with getting tax reform done. It does not look like he's going to have any support within his own party. Obviously, the Democratic Party is not going to help him out anytime soon or ever. And we have a situation where the government is not functioning. It has been brought to a halt because of the words from Donald Trump in that irrational, unprovoked press conference on Tuesday. Heather Heyer's mother has come out uh, and obviously extremely upset with the president. Uh, This is uh, Cindy Sheehan, again, 2.0. For those that don't recall Cindy Sheehan, uh, she lost a son in the Iraq war and she was a very vocal critic of George W. Bush. Uh, This mother uh, uh, of Miss Heyer, just a normal mother, just a mother who, uh, who probably talked to her daughter uh, that week. Her daughter says, I'm going to a protest uh, to counter Nazi racist activists. And they say, okay, goodbye. And next thing you know, a rogue lunatic, like a member of ISIS, mows her down with a car. And for what? What is the point of all of this nonsense? It certainly wasn't over a stupid Robert E. Lee statue. I had a caller call in uh, when I was hosting FNC Radio, and he said we should remove Robert E. Lee, uh, but keep the horse. And I, th- I thought that was a good idea. But then yeah, I you re- still get those beautiful statues that Donald Trump <laughs> loves so much, even though he removed two beautiful historical monuments back in the '80s, so one of his buildings wouldn't be um, this construction wouldn't be delayed by two weeks. No, he so loved- he went ahead and just destroyed those as fast as he hum- possibly could. He loves history. He's, he a, he's a history buff. Literally, the only books in the White House are the Art of the uh, Art of the Deal, which he he hasn't he didn't write number one, and probably hasn't even read. Absolutely if you not. listen to some of the leaked documents uh, that came out when he spoke to the leader of Mexico and Australia, absolutely. And one thing that I also want to say is that uh, there are people out there that are saying uh, that being called Nazis and being called white nationalists is pushing them further towards white nationalism, pushing them further towards Nazism. And uh, to those people, I say, grow the fuck up. Please grow up. Get well, some sort of identity and belief system that is based on something other than contrarianism. No, Get, I, be- believe in what you believe is right, not in what you want mm-hmm. to rebel against. I want to, we can talk, let's talk about that in a second. I want to get into the statue debate as well, because I think we have a different opinion on it. Uh, with the statues, I did think it was funny taking Robert E. Lee off the statue and just having the horses, but then you can imagine the bronies. All the bronies <laughs> using that as sort of their, uh, as the place to go hang out. We've got brony protests everywhere, but in a world where bronies protest is better than a world where white nationalists, alt-right fanatics, and neo-Nazis protest. You do know that the juggalos and the white nationalists are going to clash in Washington in a couple of months, and right? And my bet is on the juggalos. <laughs> of course! Fueled by crystal meth and fago. Are you nothing ca- to lose. I would Nothing to lose. 
you can't knock my teeth out. I don't got none. And I am not making fun of the Juggalos. We have a large Juggalo listenership. And, and we I love, love you. We, I, I, unique people all around. But, you know, the Juggalos, it's funny you mentioned that. If When they talk about we are family, it is a diverse group of people. Yeah. It is all different, uh, you know, walks of life, different races, different creeds. You just have to be uh, of interesting morals. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. You know, whatever. As long as they keep it peaceful, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm not going to associate them whatsoever with these horrible groups. And I will always uh, have my put my bets on juggalos versus neo-Nazis. And if you do make video games, can you make that one? <laughs> if, if there is a if there is a creator that works for any sort of sport uh, game company, please make juggalos versus neo-Nazis. But you can only play as the juggalos. Uh, another interesting thing, we were talking about history. Uh, the Barcelona attacks, horrible terror attack. It, it looks around 14 dead, over 100 in, uh, wounded. So I'm sure the death numbers will rise. Uh, three terror suspects in custody, five more uh, killed in the uh, ensuing raids following the events. Donald Trump, in the response to that terror attack, tweeted out a false narrative about General Pershing. This is the general that supposedly dipped bullets in pig's blood when fighting Islamic extremists. Not true. As a matter of fact, not even feasible. No. To, you can't dip a bullet in a bunch of blood and put it into a chamber and expect it to fire the same way as a bullet not not dipped in pig blood. That was his response. Mm-hmm. Not our, uh, our, our hearts, uh, you know, uh, weep for the people of Barcelona. Not con- a good job on the Barcelona law enforcement, not, you know, uh, sympathies to the people who lost lives. He tweeted a false narrative, a false story about General Pershing dipping bullets in pig's blood as a response to 14 people murdered by a terrorist. He didn't respond like a president. He responded, He's not a president. He responded like a guy that runs a lawnmower repair shop. And a guy that you would laugh at and say, oh, well, you know, that's that's Hank, you know. <laughs> Isn't that wild? And you can still be friends with him because he's not a president. <laughs> uh, so... Um, this entire thing that's happened this week has really, again, shook up the country. I, I, we get a lot of the, uh, and I want to talk again about identity in, in just one second, Marcus, that, that you brought up. But we get a lot of calls, uh, specifically as I'm learning, you know, hearing from the people when I do these radio shows, and they're trying to always make the but them argument. We talk about this all the time. Constantly. And they say, but under Obama, we had Ferguson, we had all these things. And I say, okay, I will I will concede that race relations under Barack Obama were not good in this country. As a matter of fact, there was a CNN Orc poll in 2016 that came out. 54% of Americans believe that race relations got worse under Barack Obama. Okay, now we have a different president in office. And he has an obligation and an, and an opportunity. And there's so many amazing opportunities to heal this country. And he refuses. He shuts the door on every chance he can get to heal this country. You say your guy is better? Fucking prove it. Prove it. He has not proved it once. So, You've all been saying once Obama gets out of office and we get Trump in there, then everything's going to be great. He's a better leader. He's right. going to unite this country. And he has only done the opposite. Things he is that, yeah. bad at his job. And, you know, and again, uh, you know, I'm a total moderate. I want infrastructure. I want tax reform. I uh, the, the Republican health care bill, as it is now, cannot be passed. But I would love to have them, uh, you know, attempt to decrease the unbelievable rates, the Medicaid uh, or uh, the, the premiums that are going through the roof. Uh, I would love to see them continue to fund Medicaid, Medicare, figure out a way to do that. We spend $800 billion a year on military, $500 billion a year on Medicare, Medicaid. It can be done. We have a $19 trillion economy, the largest in the world. We have the money, maybe not spending $19 billion pouring cement 
on the border, uh, maybe that would save us a couple of uh, a couple of dollars. We all know that it would because that's a symbolic gesture anyway, as Donald Trump pointed out in his conversation with the Mexican leader. But when it comes to um, Donald Trump and what's happened right now with the administration, as Marcus has been saying for years here, for about two years, as a matter of fact, ever since June 15th, 2015, when Donald Trump announced he has normalized this uh, this stuff, uh, this kind of this kind of racial rhetoric, and now we're really seeing it hit a fever pitch, and the American people uh, understand for the first time we have a white nationalist in the White House, and at 35% approval rating, which is what he's at right now, you wonder if he is trying his best to continue that cobbled together coalition that he was able to win on in 2016, and he might just be so scared to lose them that he is willing to go all in with them, regardless of how abhorrent and disgusting their views might be. But if that's the case, and his coalition is put together by white nationalists and you know other you know, maybe more populist leaning people, people who might want to see some reforms in taxes, health care, those sorts of things. It's very unnerving. Mm-hmm. You know, and what what is the number of, of people who are white nationalists, neo-Nazis, alt-right support? It's difficult to get those stats because, as Marcus pointed out earlier, they're underground uh, because they're they're they are when exposed. We see them for exactly who they are and who they are are a bunch of sniveling, whiny Babies, And as a matter of fact, Marcus, can we play that Chris Cantwell clip? This is Chris Cantwell. He is uh, he was the star. I'm not going to use I don't want to say the word star. He was the specimen uh, that was being um, uh, explored in the Vice documentary. Mm-hmm. Vice actually did some good work. I apologize for getting drunk and yelling at them at the Webbies. <laughs> um, they did. They did some good stuff here. This guy is such a sensitive I just, I'm just going to call him a beta male because they live in that alpha beta world. So I'll say he's a beta, I don't know, which I don't, don't even like the term. Don't, don't, don't stupid. All right, whatever. Don't go down there. With all right, all right. Whatever he is. Because life is a hell of a lot more complicated than these black and white motherfuckers yeah. try to make it. Well, exactly. The binary thinking is, is horrible. Um, so let's just play Chris Cantwell crying and then we'll get into um, some more of the social reasons behind these movements. <laughs> I want to be peaceful. I want to be law-abiding. Okay, that was the whole entire point of this. And I'm watching CNN talk about oh. this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything oh, in our God. power to keep this peaceful. You know, I know we talk a lot of shit on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But like, literally, Jason Kessler applied for a permit like months ago for this. Okay, when they yanked our permit, we went to the ACLU and we went to court and we won. Oh. We've been coordinating with law enforcement the entire time. Every step of the way, we've tried to do the right thing. And they just won't stop, you know? I have more sympathy, as I've been saying, for a pig when I'm eating a ham sandwich <laughs> than I do for this complete schmuck. Yeah. We went to the AC, which we we're talking about the ACLU. That is actually the ACLU that proves the ACLU very liberal institution, but constitutional, Mm -hmm. they said no. Yes, you're you're horrible. We disagree with you, but you have a First Amendment right. Uh, And that's a a good thing for the ACLU, and we can't lose sight. The First Amendment is crucial, and it only comes into play when we disagree with someone's speech. As soon as they get violent, I'm sorry. Your First Amendment rights are now out the window because now you've infringed on other people's constitutional rights to be free. Absolutely. And that statement that he made where he dismissed it completely, we talk a lot of shit on the internet. Uh 
that leads to real life exactly. consequences. The guy that drove his car through the protest, James Fields, James yeah. Fields, very active on yeah. the internet, extremely active on the internet. Uh, Dylan Roof extremely active on the internet. Mm-hmm. This shit has real-world consequences. Yep. It emboldens people. It inspires people. It mm-hmm. is dangerous. I mean, it's not something that we can ban. Of course not, because we have First Amendment rights. Right. Uh, but it is something... It is not something that you could absolve yourself of. It is no. not something that you can wash your hands of. Your actions and your words have real-life consequences, right. and you cannot say that they are harmless. And that's why you have Chris Cantwell crying now. I can... I will bathe in the tears of a neo-Nazi. And uh, that sounds kind of fun, although also kind of disgusting. Super disgusting. I want water. Never mind. Forget that last sentence, too. Jason Kessler, the man who Cantwell referenced in that, the main organizer, is now in hiding uh, upstate New York. Once these, all the other people with the pictures of them uh, chanting, uh, again, Jews will not replace us with their tiki torches and their craft signs, their little fake shields, they're all in hiding. Once the light is shed, the bugs scatter. Donald Trump found a new constituency in American politics. He turned over the rock. He showed us the bugs, and we got to put a light on them to get them out uh, and to get them back underground. However, it is important that we know they're there. Yeah, it is and very that is important. one of the sort of strange... Um, positive things in a in a sense we got to know who these people are we have to know why they exist and we have to try to get a moderate normal centrist narrative over to them they get in these holes they go to alex jones they go to rush limbaugh they go to these extremely hyperbolic people who spew nothing but lies alex jones for example had the audacity to say that george soros paid jewish actors to go with the tiki torches. He called the neo-Nazis and white nationalists and the alt-right people who protested there uh, Jewish actors, yeah, I which mean, they must not have liked too much. Uh, absolutely not. He is edging so much. He's just getting close to out-and-out anti-Semitism every single day. The word globalist is a code word for Jew. Yeah. That, that is absolutely what it is. If you look at uh, the way they use it and you compare it to the protocols of the elders of Zion, which is a complete and total fabrication, it is the same exact argument. They just replaced right. the word. Uh, what did Alex Jones say? He said, uh, what do you say? Yeah, they look like the Cast of Seinfeld. Ah, yeah, I, mean, I see. He's just getting further and further. Uh, well, he's maybe, getting closer maybe, and closer to anti-Semitism. These guys are getting closer and closer to just coming out and out. Yeah, the cast of Seinfeld. I don't know if they like Seinfeld very much, but I think they might like Michael Richards' stand-up. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I'm not even trying to be mean <laughs> yeah. to Michael. You yeah. know, it happened. It was a mistake. Yeah. And, and these forgiven. guys, they always uh, they always turn back. They always look backwards. And, you know, yeah. Alex Jones always plays this clip of him yelling at a bunch of neo-Nazis in Austin. And okay. I watch that, and I'm like, great. That, Good that's Awesome. Good for you. You're not a hero for denouncing Nazis. (laughs) Like that Alex Jones looks amazing. I wish I knew that Alex Jones. I wish that Alex Jones was still alive today, but he's not because the Alex Jones that we have today realized that he could sell a shitload of supplements by going towards white nationalist beliefs. That's what these guys are. Donald Trump, Alex Jones. They do not believe in the things they are saying. They are doing well, actually. I don't know. Yeah, they might actually actually believe in the things they're saying. Well, Uh, if you just look at the fire in Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump on Tuesday. I he mean, was uh, he was worked. You you compare Monday to Tuesday. Yeah, and which it, one does he believe? Exactly, and it doesn't matter if. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which one of these things uh, they actually believe. Read Mother Night, everybody. Read Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut because what it is is it, it on is, audio tape? <laughs> is there, is there an actually, audio book? I'm sure there is. There was a movie okay. made out of it starring Nick Nolte. That was actually well, just tell me to good. watch the movie then with Nick <laughs> Nolte. Why are you tell me to read? What's well, wrong with you? Well, it's about uh, a double agent who goes to Nazi Germany during World War II. He becomes a propaganda minister, uh, and he is responsible for for stirring up fervor against Jews. He's responsible for many deaths, and in fact, he goes on trial for war crimes, but the entire time he's supposedly working for the other side. But mm. you really know that this whole thing is kind of a fabrication is his own head, and that's one of mm. Kurt Vonnegut's uh, greatest quotes comes from this album, or comes from uh, this book, is... Uh, be careful who you pretend to be because mm, that is who you end up being. Right, if you are right, pretending right. to be something that you were not, eventually you end up just becoming that thing. And that's right. what these people have become. Donald Trump, Alex Jones, they may not have been racist in the sure. past. They may have stood up for rights in the past, but they don't anymore because they have pretended hmm. for too long. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's, a, that's a very interesting point. Um, yeah, without a doubt, you wonder where it is. it, it has become completely... And utterly real. I want to talk a little bit about um, what's going on culturally. You know, I know we have to point out like Antifa and these sorts of groups. I am against violence. I don't. And we 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 have criticized the. I don't want. I hate this whole left right thing. These people are not indicative to Democrats, Republicans, people who are socialists, or you know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe they're uh, indicative uh, to um, to fascists. But um, uh, you know. Whenever there is violence on the left and they're smashing windows, we talked about it. Uh, it's never the CEOs that they're protesting cleaning up these messes. It's always the janitor who is making minimum wage who has to wake up early and go sweep up a bunch of glass because a bunch of spoiled people decided to get violent. And I do believe destruction of property property is violence. But what's happening now is these people, we live in this culture, and I got a couple of calls that I thought were interesting, where they go through these like racial tests at work. Uh, they go through like where they have to be, you know, sure they see how uh, how inclusive their thinking is and stuff like that. There is sort of a bizarre thing happening in society where for a long time people were just getting wrongfully called racist or wrongfully called bigoted for asking questions about things they might not have known. And I think that label has come to um, a point where people who were called racist for perhaps just inquiring about certain things under the guise of wanting to learn about them and were shout, shouted down, they said, okay, you want to call me a racist? I'm going all in then. Yeah. And I think that is another side of it that has to be talked about, uh, where people are so desperate for a sense of community. They're desperate for a sense of family, like the Juggalos, mm -hmm. but the Juggalos <laughs> found themselves. But they, and the irony is they go to these hate groups to find love. Yeah. And that is something that we have to address as a society as well. Why are these people able to, for so long, 
to just fester and stew in this kind of hate. This stuff does not happen overnight. This Unite the Right rally does not happen overnight. No. Uh, these hardened positions of people who think it is okay to walk down the streets of New York, uh, of America, rather, or New York City, any town in America, and chant things like Jews will not replace us. In blood and soil. Blood which Blood and soil. It is a Nazi slogan. Yes. The fact that they went so far down the rabbit that they thought that that was going to be socially acceptable is really a wake-up call to everyone in this country that we need to start embracing one another again. We need to start talking to one another again. And we need to get these bubbles burst uh, because this cannot continue to happen. Yeah, these guys are in such a small bubble that they were surprised that when they showed up to the rally and got their pictures taken... That people were mad. That people were mad. They were surprised that people looked them up and found out who they were and told people who they were. They were surprised. They were shocked because they've been in this little bubble for so long where mm-hmm. they've been on you know they've been on pole they've been on the Donald they've been in these little stormfront stormfront they've been in these little and I'm not even talking about stormfront I'm talking about the guys that are like not that don't consider themselves Nazis I see. but still um, still stew in these environments like pole over on 4chan yeah. and they stew in these environments like um, the Donald over on Reddit mm-hmm. uh, and they hold the same sorts of views mm. uh, but and not everybody on those boards holds those views no, but and that's the these thing. people still they still hold those sorts of views uh, and it becomes socially acceptable and they get rewarded for it. And when they bring that out into the real world, they cannot believe that there are people out there that do not think like them. And they can't believe that they're not getting rewarded for it anymore. They're it's, not getting an upvote anymore. It, yep. It is unbelievable. It is classic cult uh, thinking. Yeah. And you do get the feeling, you know, Donald Trump talking about others, oh, good people on both sides. If there was a reasonable person protesting the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue, which 64% of Americans believe that we should keep our monuments, and I am in that, I am actually in that. I, I, I don't, I think we have to be very careful uh, to, to destroy our history. I don't think mm. we'll, how do, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, uh, because I think there can be put context and stuff like that, but we can we can get into uh, into that in a second. If you were one of those rational people who was uh, there um, because uh, you have a historical perspective that you would like to have maintained, and you want to use a Robert E. Lee statue as a learning experience for your children, so you can talk about what he did wrong. Um, you look around and you start seeing swastikas. You start seeing you know Nazi salutes. You start hearing Jews will not replace us. You slowly slink back into the bushes like Homer Simpson in that gif where he just like, oh, I was never here. Never mind. They weren't at that point when it, when they actually started marching down the streets and they got to that Robert E. Lee statue. There wasn't a moderate in the house. No, because if there was a moderate in the house, they they dipped out a long time before once they realized, oh, this is not an intellectual thing about history. Yeah, this is this is this is straight fascism. Well, the torches and the shields should have been the first indication. Well, it was dark. It was <laughs> no, of course, I, uh, absolutely. And the shields, Marcus and I were talking about this uh, this week. These freaking nerds, where it was like they obviously had an arts and crafts week. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. someone was in charge of getting the Sharpies. Someone <laughs> collect, someone bought all those stupid freaking tiki, tiki torches. Yeah. You know, someone was just like... Alan. You can imagine how many times... <laughs> 
some idiot made his little made his little shield, and then you messed up the swastika. Oh, oh man, oh man, I miss I, the swastika is so hard to do. No, I had, to go, a bunch. I had to go to Walmart oh, to get the tiki man. torches, and they didn't have enough, so I had to go to Target. Oh and man, I had to go to Ace Hardware. I got a tiki torch. I got a tiki torch from our last Hawaiian themed um, party, guys. This is pretty cool, right? <laughs> All right, awesome, great work, Bobby. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, what a bunch of nerds, all dressed like assistant coaches, uh, which with their cat, they dr- they dress like Target employees. Well, have you seen? Do you know why they all dress like that? I, because that's what go- do- yeah. because that's what Donald Trump wears on the golf course. That is no right. shit. That is no lie, and that tells you everything you need to know about how what Trump does to inspire these people. And you know. We've said this before on the show. It's a country of 320 million people. We have one president, yeah. two people running uh, tops, binary choices. Uh, being supported by someone does not necessarily make you support that person. However, uh, presidents are reflections of their constituents. And the so- strongest constituents in this country in favor of Donald Trump are no doubt neo-Nazis, white nationalists, and the alt-right. And at some point, he does have to claim responsibility the same way that the right forced Barack Obama to claim responsibility for reverent right. Yeah. Uh, and other people, Saul Alinsky tactics, um, um, I'm forgetting the name of the uh, the man now, the weather underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you recall him? Uh, who Ayers. Ayers, palling yes. around. Yes, palling around. So they tried to tie Obama to these people, and Ayers... I think he was a domestic terrorist. People, uh, you know, he blew up buildings. This is horrible stuff. Yeah, the Weather Underground were a terrorist organization. Now the right wants to say, oh, no, those are people who support Donald Trump. He denounces them. I'm sorry. We got to stop with this. It's not confirmation bias. It's just hypocrisy. Uh, Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. That's what it is on the right. If you want to demonize Barack Obama. I'm so sick of saying those two words. I (laughs) I feel like I've said cognitive dissonance uh, 300 times uh, ever since Trump first uh, rode down that golden escalator. I think I'm going to do that when I I start doing sit-ups in a month. Cognitive dissonance. One. Cognitive dissonance. Two. Cognitive dissonance. (laughs) Um, I'm going to start doing sit-ups pretty soon. Pretty soon? Yeah, my love handles are having a little too much fun <laughs> that's okay but if you're gonna demonize obama for that you gotta uh, demonize donald trump for this and, and and there is no denying that donald trump has not distanced himself from this group again as we saw in the 72 hours saturday uh, monday uh and tuesday he cannot distance himself from this and he uh, this is not a man who has a problem again uh yelling at people he dislikes no he went out of his way to sympathize with them he lost, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, again, it's extremely easy uh, to demonize uh, the alt right, the Nazis, and by, the white supremacists by saying that there are good people on both sides. He went out of his way, yes, to actually support these people and to sympathize. With and Heather people. Heyer, Heather Heyer's mother uh, took note of that, and uh, she will not be taking phone calls from the president. And uh, quite frankly, she just told him that he needs to think before he speaks. Uh, which, man, we are in interesting times. We are seventy-year-old. Uh, man child in there. But we have let, a we have a seventy year old Fox News viewer in the White House. That's, well, there are but, some good things about him, but uh, <laughs> let's do. Uh, well, so we I also want no, I also want to say is that yeah. not not you know not all Trump supporters are racist. I'm going to go ahead and say that. No, right my now. mother voted for Donald yeah. Trump. She's a pro life Republican. Yes. Yeah, not all Donald Trump supporters are racist, but all racists are Trump supporters. And let's. Well, I don't know about that. I would say. Well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say 99.9% of racists are Trump supporters. It's it's funny you say that. Chris Cantwell, that 
person we heard weeping, and I use the word person lightly here, I suppose, but um, he uh, doesn't like the way that Donald Trump has, uh, Ivanka is Jewish, and he doesn't like Jared Kushner. Oh, yeah, so of even course. for hardcore <laughs> white racists or racists, uh, you know, he's still not going far enough, which just shows you how nuts these people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm going to say, you know, us here, you know, at, you know, Abling his top hat and like last podcast and all that shit. Like, you know, we're somewhat public figures. And of course, our fans and the people who support us are a reflection of who we are and what we put out there. And if we have a fan, if we have somebody out there uh, that's a horrible person that supports us and that, you know, tweets at us or sends us an email or something like that, I look inward. I ask myself, why? Why is it right. that that person supports us? Right. What is it about us that gives that that gives that person something to grab onto? Donald Trump doesn't do that. No. Even though he has rallies of white supremacists and Nazis supporting him, he does not look inward to ask himself why. And if no, he, he does, just loves the praise. he likes it. He loves the praise. Yeah. He loves it. Uh, yeah, and of course, you know, last podcast on the left and in this show to some degree as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who think that, uh, you know, specifically with last podcast, they think maybe it goes too far or it's not sensitive or something. It's like, okay, it's, I'm, no, I'm not we, talking about we, living in some bubble world <laughs> no, here where it's not. like, oh, we can't we can't have a lot of fun and, and have dark humor. And and, you know, it, it's not about like silencing anyone. It's about what's in your heart. Yeah, it's absolutely you know, about what's but, in your heart. And I've been called a Nazi and a cuck all yeah, in like an afternoon. I was called a neocon <laughs> and a liberal this week. I, I love it was great um but i want to switch a little bit here we, we can talk about the statues um i also wanted to point out uh one other thing regarding this topic and what the heck was it that's correct uh when it comes to the the base for donald trump the interesting thing that we should note there were three economic councils all of them have now been disbanded ceos from across the board merck etc johnson and johnson you can go down the list not known for being morally people moral people not necessarily i'm talking about in their private lives but if you're a ceo you have a fiduciary uh, responsibility. If you're your, CEO, your job is to make money, right? If you're the CEO of Merck, if you're the CEO of any pharmaceutical company, for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, you're a predatory human being. Well, you check your morals at the door, yeah. right? But I'm not saying, you know, when they go home and have their family, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. uh, you know, it's different. It's a, it's, but, a, it's a predatory position. Well, I mean, yeah, you know what my thoughts are in big pharmaceutical and insurance companies. They of are killing. By the way, watch the documentary, Warning This Drug May Kill You. It's about the OxyContin opioid um, epidemic. 56,000 people are going to die this year. And, and big pharmaceutical companies are going to make $8 bucks. And uh, Donald Trump's only plan was to incarcerate them longer. So what a brilliant uh, strategy that is. Uh, unbelievable. Well, that's a whole other episode. We'll get down that road. Um, but I want to point out this fact. Zero, not one of his religious council members resigned. Nope. Not one. That needs to that should be a screaming statistic about the hypocrisy of the evangelical right. They're not religious. No. They're in it for monetary gain. They're in it for political power. They don't give a crap about Jesus, his teachings, uh, what the Bible says. They don't care. They are there for their own gain, and there is no greater indicator of that than the fact that none of them have resigned from the Trump administration. In a, they're in a symbolic uh, council, mm -hmm. the religious council. They are predatory, they are horrible, and like you mentioned, with the CEO of Merck, he has more morality than the religious right in this country. Yeah, and that it's is not my like, stance on that. And it's not like Merck is going to lose business if this guy stays. No, they're going to be just fine. They got everyone addicted. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they're I mean, drug dealers. Yeah, no one is going to look at their prescription, see that it's made by Mark, and say, you know what? He's on Donald Trump's economic council. I don't think I'm going to take right. this medication. I right. think I'm just going to move on and just do without. No, he had no right. economic reason for uh, for getting out of that whole deal. You know, he got out for for moral reasons. And sure. I'd say good on him. I, no, I, 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 well, of course, I hate, but Donald like, Trump. Donald I feel Trump. weird saying good on him, but no, they they made the right choice in that situation. We have to take these things as they come, and that was the proper choice. And, but uh, the evangelicals you know, have no; they have no morals. Unbelievable, unbelievable. That is stunning to me. And of course, Donald Trump, being the uh, child that he is, uh, tweeted out he is disbanding the councils after uh, most of the council left. So he said, you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you. It's like some stupid friends episode. Yeah. Uh, or or going back to Seinfeld, it seems like something that George would do. I'm breaking up with you. It is so pathetic. But let's go on uh, and talk a little bit about the statue because I know, Marcus, you and I have a slightly different stance on this. Slightly. My, my position is I would like to see context put around the statues. Um, so with Robert E. Lee, let's explain that he owns slaves. Let's talk about I'm a big plaque guy. I know you are. We'll talk about it mm-hmm. um, because I, I just don't want to go down the road of dismantling art, dismantling history. And then where does it end? There was a Lenin statue. Uh, there's a Lenin statue in New York City. And there are some people saying, why is that up? If we are going to take down Confederate soldier statues, why do we have a picture of, of, of Lenin uh, here? When does it stop? That's my concern. I also understand putting them in museums. I, I get that. That is that's not bad. Or having them sold on private property. Uh, but then you have a situation where, you know, what? Here's where I, it stops. I, I just I just feel like again. I just want to clarify. Sure. You know, when it comes to uh, the horrible things that a lot of this country is based on, we have all agreed as a society that uh, you know. We, we need to fix things, and we've fixed things, and I do understand that a lot of these statues came up maybe 40, 50 years after the Civil War mm-hmm. when yeah, uh, blacks to... were starting to get more rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that context, but I just want to be careful. When does it stop? When does it just become destroying history, and, uh, and then are we going to be destined to repeat it? Here's where it stops. Traitors. It's a very simple answer. It's a very simple concept. These people were traitors. They were traitors against their country. They rebelled against their country. That's where it stops. We should not have statues of traitors up in our country. There's no reason for that. Put them in a museum. Give mm. them context that way. You can't just change a plaque because you know what? Most people don't read plaques. Yeah, but I love <laughs> a plaque. I know you love a plaque. I love a plaque too. I've, Plaques are fun. I've been, I've been known to stop along the highways in Texas just to read a plaque that's on the side of the road that has no <laughs> monument whatsoever. It's just this a plaque. Like a dead armadillo or something? <laughs> what, what was the plaque all you know, about? The plaque's like, you know, uh, there was a, a battle here in 18... 18- but most people don't read those plaques. Most people, they walk by a statue of Robert E. Lee and they go, fuck yeah. They go about, like, yep, that's what it's all about. I mean, I don't want to get too, uh, you know, in the weeds here, but what about something like the Alamo? I mean, the, the, the racial tensions around something like that. What I mean, are you talking about? That, that has absolutely nothing to do. But that's what people are worried about. It's No, that has nothing because to do with it. what is history? What do, is I mean, it? do you go all the way down? I mean, because the, the White House, as Michelle Obama pointed out, was built by slaves. I mean, this country has a history, and I, I just don't know how we... How do you how do you scrub it? It's very simple. It's mo- these are monuments to traitors. These are monuments to white supremacism, uh, to white supremacy. Well, right now, the White House is a monument to a white supremacist too. <laughs> yeah, I mean these are sad. these statues. You can look and see exactly when these statues were put up, when they were built, when mm. these uh, schools were named after certain Civil War generals. You can look and see. 
Black people get more rights, statues go up. Yeah. You know, certain you know Supreme Court decisions are made, statues go up. These are directly in response to black people getting more rights. These are not mm. about honoring a general. These are not about honoring history or anything of the sort. These are about white supremacy. So you put them in a museum, you have a museum, or you put them all in one place and say, like, look, this is what our history was. Mm-hmm. You know, our history was this. Here's this person. Here's why this statue was put up. And this is where we put it now. But there is no reason for us to honor traitors in the middle of a public park. There's no reason for us because that's what a statue is a lot of times, at least with these I, people. I understand what you're a saying. A statue is an honor. For you to get a statue, you have to have honor. And you know, I just don't think that these people should be honored. These traitors should be honored. And you say that, you know, Robert, Robert E. Lee was a brilliant military tactician. You know what? He absolutely was. But you know who else was a brilliant military tactician? Rommel, the desert fox, the Nazi. But you don't see statues of Ernst Rommel around Germany. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the all And he also and- lost to Americans. Yeah. Uh, the alt-right neo-Nazis and white nationalists didn't do moderates any favors uh, when they did prove that narrative right regarding, again, these statues being a bug light for bigotry, a beacon for hatred. Um, it makes people uh, trying to argue what I'm trying to argue. It makes it a lot more difficult. I, I will say that it was completely counterproductive uh, to the cause. And, you know, it's just as someone who likes... Um, uh, you know, it, it is a t- it, it's a tough one because I just I, mean, I want freedom to be here. I, I, you, who decides then? Yeah. You know, and and that's the problem. Like, is the is the Lenin statue going to be taken down? Or are these statues going to start being taken down? Well, Lenin's and then, not a and traitor then we, to the United States. Well, I don't think uh, that's true. So you want the Lenin statue up, but not <laughs> I mean, the Robert E. Lee I statue mean, that, up. Yeah, it's like that Lenin's not. I mean, you ask where the line is drawn. That's it right there. Yeah, it's next very, thing you know, the, ex- the Dukes is, of Hazard have a different named car. <laughs> they're... The, they're, 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 whatever. I'm not asking for the Dukes of Hazard to not when be When does on it TV stop, anymore. Marcus? Are we it's, taking it Dukes of Hazard cars out of Walmart it, toy it, shelves? It, it stops. <laughs> it stops with statues of traitors. I mean, you that, know, it's 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 as fucking simple as that. I will. Uh, I'm going to leave it to this. Um, with the Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville, Virginia, the city council voted to remove it. Therefore, that is how our that's how our system works. It should have been removed. If city councils go and they vote to remove, they should be removed. If that's what the people who vote, the people who vote those individuals into office, uh, if that's what uh, they want to have happen in their communities, that should be what happened. But in, that should be what happens. But in North Carolina, they tore down the statue. And I understand, uh, you know, I, I get it. Tensions are very ha- uh, high and it's extremely sad what's happening in this country. And a lot of wounds that we thought were healed yeah. are just below the surface. And I don't agree with those people pulling down that statue. I absolutely do not. Um, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's it. So I yeah. think we just have to go through the proper steps. And if society, if communities uh, decide that they don't want those statues in their towns and they want to put those in museums uh, or if they want to be sold to private bidders um, or to private individuals, okay. Um, but yeah. I just think we have to be careful. I, I just... You know, I don't want to. I'm not going to go down the road of equating it to like ISIS and all that kind of stuff, no. or what we did when we invaded Iraq, tearing I'm, down the statue yes. of Saddam and, and all I'm that stuff. I'm not saying we need to pass what, any laws or anything like that. Yeah, it is up to uh, it is up to the individual communities to decide this right. shit. But I'm saying that there is a right choice and a wrong choice to with these individual communities, and I just hope that people listen. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I'm or, not I mean, advocating again, for the destruction of private. But I'm not advocating for the destruction of public property done by private citizens. But I'm you have a situation that I mean, perhaps universities could buy them if they're even allowed. I mean, we have the situation where uh, I believe it's Princeton that wants to take uh, McKinley's name off of um, off of a building because of his racial views. I mean, you have a situation if you look at. You know, look at Planned Parenthood. That woman, you know, she the the woman who started that. That's why Lena Dunham called her a problematic fave because she was extremely racist. Yeah. You know, so it's like the people who created the majority of things that we like, sporting teams, mm-hmm. everything. If you want to look at their their racial opinions, we got to start all over <laughs> uh, because it, it, it's a sad fact. Um, but yes, uh, I understand and. Um, there's and we can continue that debate. Well, let's continue yeah. that debate without irrational people like neo Nazis and white nationalists yeah. and white supremacists. And I'm not saying whitewash history. I'm not saying take right. down every single well, statue only, of any person of who has ever been considered racist. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying take down the statues of the traitors. That's yep. it. Just mm-hmm. take down those. Yep. All right. Well, we got to, we got to a lot of stuff. We're going to keep on covering this stuff. I mean. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, we're, we'll get through it. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens now with Donald Trump. I, I you know, his uh, uh, to quote, uh, meet the parents, the Fockers. Uh, his circle of trust is dwindling ever. <laughs> uh, the, the circle of trust is smaller and smaller and smaller on a regular basis. Uh, again, new developments here happening. Steve Bannon is officially out. Uh, Steve Bannon also sort of um, put himself into a position where he could claim that he left as opposed to Donald Trump firing him. Uh, it's very Roger Stone-esque. These people are all the same. Yeah. You know, they're all the same. They're all from they're all, the same feather. They're, they're all, all same birds. They're all soulless snakes who give not a fuck about anybody. All they care about is winning. And unfortunately, the games that they like to play are evil and do yeah. not have any care, do not have a single care for anybody else on earth. All they want to do is win, and that is no way to live life, and that is no way to run well, a government, winning would be and good. that is no way to w- win an election. Maybe if they were like, if they took over the Knicks, we could start winning. <laughs> Although I don't think that we would because I don't think Steve Bannon would like a lot of basketball players. <laughs> the only white basketball team in the whole league. Seems like a hockey Somehow we man. lost, we're like negative three somehow in like 84. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll keep on talking about it here on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Thank you all so much for listening. Is there anything else? I know there's so much news this week. I am sure... Again, our hearts are with Barcelona, with um, with the people of Charlottesville, Virginia. Virginia is a state; it is diverse. The, the, the vast majority of communities in this country are just trying to go live a live a life and go about their days. And when they have disruptions like this, it's really it's not representative of the amazing people throughout this country. Absolutely not. Uh, they are a small pocket of bigots and. Uh, it's good that we got to see their faces and see how weak they are. And we will defeat them. Um, all right, this is Ableton's Top Hat. Check out Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Check him out on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm uh, on Instagram at Ben Kissel One and uh, Twitter at Ben Kissel. Tweet at me. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to give a hail yourselves this week. And I'll say um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. 
Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.